We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. You got to coordinate. We're going to pay tribute to John Witherspoon, the legend who passed away in just a bit, one of the funniest men ever in Hollywood. It's a hump day home and home here, a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by zip recruiter. Check them out. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter zip recruiter. Without a doubt, folks, the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs home in Connecticut, Ross Tucker home in Pennsylvania. Martellus Bennett, a 10-year veteran of the NFL, Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, Pro Bowler with the Chicago Bears, joining us on Home and Home. Marty, good to see you, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. I understand you are now a professor at the Dos Equis College Football College. Where do I sign up? What are you teaching? You can sign up at dosequis.com backslash edu, and I'm teaching people how to watch the game. Like, what to look for during the game, you know? Like, I don't want people just shouting foolishness at the television. So I'm giving them knowledge of shouts. So that way, when they're on the couch with their friends, they sound educated. Hopefully, Martellus, you're teaching them how to actually watch people block because that was one thing I always admired about your game as a former offensive lineman. You, you kind of did the dirty work. Are you, are you teaching people, hey, at least watch the lineman for the first second or two of the play? I love, I mean, it's crazy because as a blocker, you never, you really don't want anyone to notice you, right? That means you're doing a good job. Like, once they start noticing off his alignment, that means he's giving up a lot of sacks. <laughs> so, like, these unsung heroes. But I do tell people, like, people ask me about the running game. The first position I look at is the tight end, right? It's hard to run the ball without a tight end that can block because defense ends are setting the edge, and the edge is short. With the, with the offensive tackle on that side. So open side runs are really tough to run, especially where defense ends are playing now. So I always tell people to look at the runs and actually look at what's happening, not just like, oh, the running back. Line running backs get a lot of credit for the work of a lot of other people. All right, we're not quite to the season of college football bowl games, but we're always looking ahead. Before we get there, word has it you gave some bowl cuts as related to college football bowl games. Explain that. Yeah, so I hosted the Dos Equis College Football Football College Bowl game, which was a competition where students got a chance to answer questions to win tickets to the national championship game. And if they they lost, they won a bowl cut. If they won the entire thing, which is, could only be one winner, as they are in most championships, um, they got tickets to the championship game. It was pretty fun. I'm not a barber, but um, <laughs> it, I did the best I could. I used a bowl as a stencil just to make sure it was a real official bowl cut. All right. Martellus, are you, you missing football at all? Doesn't doesn't really look like it or sound like it. Nope, I've never I haven't missed football when I was playing football. <laughs> Why not? I mean it's just hey. like I just it just wasn't it's not who I am. It was just something I did. So it's like I always knew like it was just a 
a part of my journey to get to my destination. Right? It was much necessary. Learned a lot of di different things. I had fun playing, but once the game wasn't fun for me anymore, I retired. So um, I still get calls here and there to see if I want to come back, but uh, I'm not really interested. I have so much more fun. One, I get to I'm on my own time, on my own schedule, I run my own company, and I get to make stuff every single day. All I do is color, draw, read, and write, and that's like, what's better than that? Nice. Well, for me, football was better than that, but I, I, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I don't mind what I do now either. What, um, let's talk Gronk. You know, there's always all this talk about Gronk coming back and what he do it, blah, blah, blah. What would you say to him? And maybe you have talked to him about about playing again. No, I talked to Gronk. Uh, we talked. We spoke the other day. He was in town. We about to next time he needs. To, he's trying to come by my studio and see what we're working on. But I mean, each individual is different. If he wants to play, he can. But um, I have no idea if he has any thirst to play. I mean, once you get to taste this life outside of football, you realize that there is a paradise on the other side too if you know what you want to do and what you want to do in life i think a lot there's a form of ptsd that players experience after they leave the game because their identity has been tied to the sport for so long that they leave and they don't know who they are those are the guys that tend to struggle so i always tell because in the from middle school up they're not raising human beings they're raising football players they're not raising um individuals they're raising guys to think and do one thing they're raising football players and they need to raise humans right so um, it, it turns back to be a struggle after anyone's career ends. You won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. You made a Pro Bowl with the Bears. How do you fix that team, and do they have to move on from Mitch Trubisky? Uh, I mean, what is this, Mitch's third year or second year? I don't know. I don't really third. keep up with him. Oh, no, I, I think I didn't. When I saw Mitch as a quarterback, I thought he was, like, a little too buff to be a quarterback to me like he's like the way he's built his shoulders like really tight and things like that but that was just my point of view but um i don't know if it's time to move on you really never know like it's it's also like are they doing a good job developing him are they putting him in position to succeed are they calling plays that that fit his skill set or are they trying to force uh, what they think he should become instead of like meeting him where he is and grooming him to become more those are two different perspectives so i really don't know what they're doing I never played with the guy, so I can't really speak if he's a good quarterback or a good leader or anything like that. But, um, uh, you know, they need to give him a tight end, I can tell you that. Mar Martellus, I'm curious. Uh, obviously, uh, recent news, your brother, Michael, got traded to the Dallas Cowboys, which is kind of cool. I know you guys are from Texas or at least went to high school there. And I, I think there have already been a bunch of comments or quotes from Jason Garrett and others suggesting that your brother will stand for the national anthem. Uh, is that your understanding? I have no idea. I don't even know why that's even a, a thing of a conversation where you're bringing a guy in at this point, like standing for a national anthem, whatever. Like, I mean, at this point, it's, I really don't know that that's what's going to happen. I ain't talked to him about that. Like, we don't talk about I mean, at this point, he already made his point. He got there. I mean, I don't really know anything about that. A why is even a conversation talking point. All right, man, I got to ask you about uh, what's coming tomorrow. Tomorrow's Halloween, and I got to imagine, given your creativity, given your outside-the-box thinking, you got something real interesting planned for Halloween. Is that your favorite holiday, and what are you dressing up as? 
It is not my favorite holiday. My favorite holiday is actually Christmas. I'm always I'm a giver. I'm a go giver. There's a go getters. I'm a go giver. Um, but tomorrow I'm going to be a fisherman for my daughter, and I'm going to go fishing. Um, but yeah, they wrapping me up. I got a, another segment in just a second. But yeah, I mean Halloween is um, it's more for my daughter now than it is for me. I actually do like uh, Hollywood movie quality costumes, but they don't make them in my size, so I don't like cheap costumes. All right, then last question. I understand you got to go. You did tweet what fast food franchise would be your NFL team. Who would be the Miami Dolphins? Who would be the Patriots as far as fast food restaurants? Well, obviously, the Dolphins are Arby's. Like, everyone sees it, but no one eats there. Um, <laughs> and the Patriots will obviously be, I don't know, wherever you find the most delicious. I don't think you could – I think – the Patriots would be like P.F. Chang's, where it's kind of like fast food, but you feel like it's a little bit better than everyone else's offering, right? That's kind of like what the Patriots would be. They would be P.F. Chang's, because it's like that. It's like P.F. Chang's is fast food, but it's not fast food, right? Panera. Yeah, say I'd say Panera. I'd call the Patriots Panera. It's like better quality fast food. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I know the Dolphins are like Cheesecake Factory. You don't know what the hell you're going to get. <laughs> All right, Martellus Bennett, we appreciate the time. Uh, Dos Equis College Football College. Check them out, dosequis.com. Marty, good to see you. Happy Halloween. Keep killing it. All right, thanks, man. I think the Patriots are more Chick-fil-A. The way that defense is playing, just no one's open on Sunday, right? Oh, I like ah. it, Dave. I like it. I like it. You know, you know what I've thought about? I got another business plan, Dave. You ready for this? Yeah. By the way, so people, number one, they're not they're not liking my uh, idea of the Twitter poll for in-game officiating. That's not that's no, not going not over going real well. well on social media. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Dave Briggs TV. Make sure you're following at RDC Home and Home and at RDC Sports because the millennials do a great job posting some of the more interesting video clips from the show. And I, I talked about the Twitter poll earlier because here's the thing, Dave. Now, the flaw that people don't like about it is that, you know, a lot of people don't like the Patriots or the Yankees, right? So would the Twitter poll go totally against them and it wouldn't be the right call? I can see that or small fan bases. I, I just think if people really were voting based on what they saw on the replay angles on TV, if more than 75%, that's a pretty high, like if you ever do online polls, that's a pretty high standard. If more than 75% are like, that guy shouldn't be out, then he shouldn't be out. Or if that guy passed interference, shouldn't be passed interference. So that's one idea. My next idea, okay, on Saturdays, right before Chick-fil-A closes, I am going to buy mm, maybe 100 Chick-fil-A sandwiches right before they close. And then the next day, I'm going to stand outside the Chick-fil-A on Sundays and kind of like a lemonade stand, kind of like yeah. when you're selling tickets at a game, just have like a, a little heater there, keep my Chick-fil-A sandwiches in there, 
I mean, think about the think about the gross margin on that, right? You could charge triple. People want Chick-fil-A, and if they could have a place where they could get it on Sunday, they would go there. So you buy them at the end of the night Saturday, you keep them hot overnight, maybe in the back of your car, I don't know, and then Sundays, Sundays you sell those chick sandwiches out of the back of your car from the Chick-fil-A parking lot. Again, you're welcome. Uh, more life hacks from Ross Tucker. I think you take those chicken fillets, Chick Fil A sandwiches, go to a bar district, right? I mean, because everyone knows by now they're not open on a Sunday. Go to a bar district where people are coming out hammered at midnight or 1 a.m. You could sell those things for 20 bucks a pop, and you would probably sell fresh out of them in about five minutes. I don't know if we're allowed to do this. I don't know if you need some sort of license or their permission. But I think you got yourself a very interesting business. Uh, you're just a little worn out. You usually got a college football game. I don't know if that'll interfere with your other gig. That is, a, I, Dave, your idea is better than my idea. Your idea is yeah. amazing. That is a great idea. Right when Chick-fil-A closes, buy up a bunch of sandwiches, go right, especially like in a college town. That would be a that would be incredible. I love that. I love that idea. I got Chick Fil A sandwiches, ten bucks. Sure, here you go. You know what the problem is with that? Well, I guess you have those little like things you could take credit card. People just don't have cash on them as much anymore, so that part of it would be tough. But you could do those little credit card swipes. Plus, they're drunk, so you could just charge them a hundred dollars per sandwich. <laughs> Boom. Well, I think a little Venmo transaction is all you need. Everybody's got Venmo nowadays. And Jake, one of our millennials, says that Chick-fil-A idea that you just thought you came up with has been tried with somebody who bought a ton of sandwiches. But it turns out nobody wants to buy a random ass chicken sandwich in some bag that you are trying to pass off as Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess that's why you'd have to hit up the drunk guys because I'm probably not buying a sandwich from some dude that looks even like you, even that looks like a Princeton guy with a well-groomed beard and a nice head of hair. I'm not buying a chicken sandwich from you just like out of some random cooler or hot box. I don't think I would trust that equation too much. You don't think out of the back of my car people would want to buy? No, you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> Dave, but it's a good you idea. nailed it there. You you are hired on multiple levels. I didn't even need to go to ZipRecruiter to find you. Look, hiring can be a slow process. You don't know what to do. You have to go to ZipRecruiter. If you just try to go to one job site, you're not you're not doing it right. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's got algorithms. It's 2019, people. Have you not figured out that algorithms rule the world? That algorithms are all that matters. All you need to do is use those algorithms, and ZipRecruiter has the candidate rating feature. Again, algorithms. It's all ball bearings and algorithms, people. Their, their rating feature filters applicants, so you can focus on the most relevant ones. Look. There's a reason four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And that reason is algorithms. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com enter.
E-N-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. The guy that had the job for decades is one of the funniest actors in Hollywood, passed away yesterday. His name is John Witherspoon, and John Witherspoon passed away at the age of 77. And if there's anything to remember from John Witherspoon, is it doesn't matter if you are the main star at your office or on a show or whatever your particular job or role in life is. Say you're on a football team. It's not about being the quarterback. It's what you make of each individual role. Of If you only have 30 seconds, what do you do with that 30 seconds? Because you could have a five-hour game where you are the most memorable thing in that game, even though you only contributed two or three outs of a baseball game, one run of a football game, one great play on the defensive side of the ball. Whatever it is your job is, just make the most of whatever that opportunity is. And that's what John Witherspoon did in a couple of iconic films, both Friday and Boomerang. Boomerang, of course, the all-time great with Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry. And the role of the dad in both of those films is iconic. Want to play you a clip from Boomerang and the legendary advice I'll always remember from John Witherspoon, which is, of course, you've got to coordinate. Listen to this. Now, where'd you get the mushroom shirt? I got to know. Well, the secret is you've got to coordinate. Uh-huh. Most people don't coordinate. So you got to coordinate. Yes, that's what you did. Yeah. Interesting. See, I told you they don't stink when you pull the membrane out. Mama, when you saw me, you saw the mushroom I shirt. Mushroom shirt. Bang, mushroom shirt. Mushroom shirt. But see, you can't stop with the mushroom shirt. You now, gotta I would, go on. I would stop that no, shirt. No, you gotta keep going. Okay, now let me show you something. Look at that. Oh, you got on a mushroom belt. M Gerard, did you know your pops had a mushroom belt on? Yes. But you don't stop there, see? No, you gotta you keep going. What you got, a mushroom ring? Yes, good idea. Look what I got. Duh! <laughs> Gerard! <laughs> Did you know on the inside was special mushroom? So he had mushroom suit, he had mushroom belt, he got to coordinate. John Witherspoon, not in that movie a lot, but every time he was on the camera, he made the most of his opportunity, and you couldn't help remember his performance. Same deal in the iconic Ice Cube movie Friday. Listen to that one. Ain't nothing in this house. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. <laughs> in the goddamn refrigerator, eating up all the food, all the chicken, all the pig feet, all the collard greens, all the hog maws. I want to eat some of them chitlins. I love pig feet. Now, when I went to bed last night, didn't I tell you to take out the trash? Yeah. So why don't you do it? Fell asleep. I wish you were sleeping right now. I'll knock you upside your head with a left hook, make your ass wake up, and take out that damn trash. Hey, 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 hey. What are you doing? I'm throwing this away. We ain't even got no milk. You better put some water on that damn shit. All right, I'll eat it. That's John Witherspoon, Ice Cube's dad in Friday. I hope you are familiar with his work, Ross Tucker, and those two iconic films, both Friday and Boomerang. He was hysterical, made so much of each and every line he was offered in whatever movie.
Yeah, you know, um, I've seen both movies. I've seen Friday a bunch of times. I think I only ever watched Boomerang maybe once. I remember that, but that's not as distinctive to me as Friday and the refrigerator. I remember uh, Friday's one where it also says, don't nobody go in there for a good five, ten minutes or something like that after he goes to the bathroom, something like that. <laughs> I also like when he was being serious and he was talking to his son about fighting rather than using a gun and he wanted him to fight Debo. He's like, you win some, you lose some, but you live to fight another day. You live like he's a good actor, man. I mean, uh, I remember that stuff. He's a good actor. Yeah, the the part where the the bathroom scene, he made Ice Cube come in the bathroom and talk to him while he's taking a deuce, like the uh, two flush Fridays we have sometimes here on Home and Home. Did you ever have to talk to a parent while they were on the throne? Um, probably, <laughs> okay, but I don't good. remember that. Oh. I know there are times that I know there are times that my daughters simply can't wait to ask me something and they come in while I am doing oh, yeah. my business. Oh yeah. They they don't even hesitate, right? They just come right in and they don't even flinch when they see you and you're just like, "Wait, do you, do you see what's going on here?" But they just chatter away, right? My little girl does the same thing. Um, let me ask you this, and maybe one of the millennials can look it up. Yeah. How much do you think John Witherspoon made for, like, Friday? Like, oh, I have boy. no idea. Like, if you told me $50,000 or $2 million, either one, I'd be like, no, oh, I can see that. Like, I really have no idea. He, he's a pretty big role in that movie. He, he makes it good. But, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that movie. There's a lot of people in that movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's... There's a lot of people that need to get paid. I, I have no, I think it's really interesting. I have no, like in sports, it's public. So we know in, in movies and television, a lot of times you, you have, I have no frame of reference. Well, the millennials strike again and Jordan Cohn must have already had the answer before it came out of your mouth. He says that John Witherspoon himself and Chris Tucker acknowledged that they made $5,000 for the first Friday, $400,000 for the second one, a million dollars for the third. I did not even know there was a third. And that's the tough deal about a movie that you don't have a whole lot of expectations for and you're not a big star yet. You don't get that back-end deal until you become a big star. And he wasn't quite that when Friday was booked. Five grand, man. Holy cow. And I, I guess no residuals. Yeah, I don't know how that part of it works. But the flip side is there's a lot of people that want that job. I don't think he was really a household name yet when that movie came out. Which one came out first, Boomerang or Friday? Do you know? I would definitely say Friday, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, so, you know, as an actor you need to make like you, you need to get some credits like you need to get some screen time and do a good job because that leads to so many more opportunities like i'm sure he was in a bunch of other tv shows commercials and stuff that we don't even remember after friday just because he did so well on friday you know i i remember the same similar story coming out about hulk hogan as related to his role in rocky three 
I think he made chump change for that role in Rocky three. And when you think about sports movies, that was kind of an iconic role that he played in Rocky three. Uh, was it thunder lips, thunder lips, yeah. the wrestler, right? I mean, that was a huge role that he played in that movie when he body slammed tiny little Sylvester Stallone. I believe he made next to nothing for that movie, but my Google search is not as talented as Jordan Cohn. But the bottom line is you just got to make the most of whatever small role it is that you have in whatever your job is. You just got to make the most of those opportunities and you can forever be remembered like John Witherspoon. Yeah. And, and uh, Chris Tucker ended up doing bigger things after that too. It's interesting because boomerang was first in 1992. Friday was 1995. So I'm surprised uh, Witherspoon only got paid five grand for Friday after yeah. he had that role in Boomerang. That is stunning to me. We might Absolutely be putting too much. We might be putting too much there. faith in the millennials. Uh, tomorrow right now. we got some interesting stuff for you. We got Julia Rose, who, by the way, was one of the young ladies that flashed the breasts at World Series. Uh, game number, that would have been game five in Washington, D.C. They were kicked out of the game. They were banned by Major League Baseball forever. We'll see if they keep it on tomorrow on the Home and Home program. Nick Costos, Brad Evans also join us on a free money Thursday. And we will, of course, wrap up the World Series. We both believe the Nationals get that done tonight with Max Scherzer on the mound. Does anyone carry their bat down to first base? Does anyone do a bat flip or something really dramatic that gets more attention th than the game? I don't think so, because Alex Bregman came out and apologized for it, said he didn't mean to do it, shouldn't have done it. So um, I don't know. It, it, it is funny, though. I feel like in baseball more than football, you end up talking about the ancillary things after the game than like the games themselves. Yeah, and, and that's what will be the interesting story to follow tonight. We hope you watch Game 7. If not, we'll recap it all for you tomorrow. I will hopefully be in a Halloween costume. I don't know if Ross Tucker will. I've been urging him to return to Maui tomorrow, at least put on the hair for a little bit. I've had some difficulty with my Halloween costume, which I will explain tomorrow, trying to pull something together here in the last minute. That'll do it for us. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. We'll see you on a Thursday edition of Game 7, Home and Home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.